Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and... We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. So today we are talking to Dr. Orlina Couric. You're going to tell she is from... Uh, It's a giveaway. Sorry for the disclaimer. She's from across the pond. It's going to be a very timely and interesting topic. She's trained as a pediatric doctor. So let's just start there. But she now works as a health coach. You know how much I love my coaches. And we all need to hear just another way and perhaps the day that you're hearing it will be the day that it then makes sense. So you're going to still get deluged with coaches because it's really my vibe is the coaches. And, and they have a lot to offer and a lot to say. But Orlina, she is a health coach. She teaches busy women to lead their most healthy life in a way they love say it again, love, love. So know where this is coming from. And again, it might make a little more sense. So in a way that they love so that they can feel amazing, lead a long life and teach their kids healthy living habits. What I like about that as well is not teach their kids healthy eating habits because it's a whole life. It's not just, you know, get your greens in front of you on your plate, have your colors represented. There is a whole lot of it to connect the pieces and we're going to hear a lot more. So first, thank you and welcome Dr. Orlina. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Okay. So first question, and then we start it. Uh, Tell us about you anywhere you'd love to start. <laughs> How long <do> you have? <laughs> okay, so I'll give you I'll give you the short version. Okay, so, um, I'm from the UK, as you may tell from my accent. I trained as a pediatric doctor, but my passion was really traveling, and I moved to Spain over ten years ago now. And this is the long story, or the short version of the long story. It's is fine. That- we have plenty of time. Don't worry. <laughs> you don't want to know the details. Essentially, I thought I would be able to come to Spain and continue working as a pediatric doctor and carry on my career. And essentially that did not happen. And Ah. I, I started doing online work. And so I actually started with looking at kids and thinking about how can we teach our kids to eat healthily? How particularly, you know, children who are picky eaters, guess what? I had children (laughs) who were picky eaters and I was a little bit like, Oh, don't I just Mm. give you vegetables and you eat them? And I realized that it's a little bit more complicated than that. But over the years, I've really pivoted and focused on mothers and, well, parents, but specifically Mm -hmm. mothers. And the reason for that, well, many reasons, but one of the reasons being so many people that I worked with would have this idea that the problem was with their child. And then when you looked Mm. at the way that they were leading their life, They weren't really being particularly healthy in the way that they were eating. And the easiest way to teach our kids is to demonstrate things. 
And so I realized that actually working with the mother was what I really enjoyed. It really lit me up. I just love mm-hmm. seeing people have that amazing transformation. So that little nugget that you said right at the beginning, it is amazing to watch people just realize how easy it is to lead a healthy yes. life that they love and right. the big difference that they get. And obviously there are times that people need a little boost and that's what I'm there for. Of course, of course. Exactly. But it's so easy. And it just has so many layers to it. Once you start leading a healthy life, you get all that energy. And so a lot of Mm. people, the mothers that I work with, one of their problems is, oh, I don't have energy to give to my kids. And it's because they're not looking after themselves. And then Mm. they start to look after themselves. They get all the energy and then they can show up being the best mum that they want to be. So right, yeah. The uh, the self care. I mean, you hit on so many things in in that very abbreviated version. But you know, self care and and so many people mistake that word because the prefix is self, as in like oh selfish. Oh no, no, no. It's the most selfless thing you can do for you, because that's what we all want. We want to be the best. We want to, you know, make sure our kids are happy and healthy and, oh, in every experience, have every experience and all these things take time. We overschedule and it's, I'm not knocking it. It's just kind of how society has played. And because we're so busy, busy, busy running here, and then we've got this lesson, and then we've got this sport, we've got whatever to expose all the different educations and and culture effects to our children that we don't have time to eat. So again, how many times do we go through that drive-through or plan ahead? You know, I think so there is... I love that you said once they discover that they start taking care of themselves, then the feeling they have is, again, more energy, show up a little better, and that's a nice extra bonus that they get. So how do you begin? How does someone is checked you out? And we're going to just go into, so you've, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to hold on to the Spain thing for later only cuz oh my goodness that is just like such a dream of mine but I'm going to be very patient cuz let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about this. So the average person that seeks you out online what are they what are they looking for? What are they what do they need assistance with? They basically know that they want to lead a healthier lifestyle and mm-hmm. in short I teach four pillars of healthy living. So how we eat, Mm -hmm. how we move, exercise that lights us up. Sleep is another really important aspect. And then the fourth pillar that I have is emotional wellness. And that encompasses stress and how we're in charge of our emotional life. So those are the four pillars. Now, not everybody knows all of those pillars. So somebody might come saying, oh, I want to lose weight or I want to eat in a different way. So they can see that they aren't doing things in the way that they want to. And they can see that what they want is, I want to get over this hurdle. And I want a a solution that is going to last me forever. So it might be that the problem that they're facing is emotional eating. And they just want to, to get rid of that so that they can get a good relationship with food. And that's going to last them 20, 30, well, 40 or 50 Mm -hmm. years. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. they can see the problem, but what they can't do is apply it to themselves. And this reminds me of um, one of my very first clients, actually. And she was a dentist. Mm-hmm. And she would say, so she knew she wanted to lose weight. You know, the I've had a baby. Now mm-hmm. I want to get back to my pre-baby weight. And mm-hmm. I know the theory behind it, but I just don't seem to be able to apply it to myself. And that is so frustrating. Well, the reason is, it's because she's busy doing all kinds of other things, like being a dentist and a mum, and she just doesn't really Mm -hmm. have time to make those changes. And so what I really work on is systems, habits, and routines. And I'm a great believer in habits and how really what you want to do is the work that you put in all of these systems, habits, and routines so that healthy living is something that you do without thinking about it. It's just your normal way of being. In fact, I have a group program and 
we meet on Wednesdays. It's now Wednesday as we're recording this. And one of the ladies was saying today, I always ask people, you know, what are your wins for the week? She said, well, do you know what? I kind of feel that I've got a new normal now. I'm so, Ah. I do this so often that it doesn't really count as a win anymore. And that is such a huge win because it just shows it's becoming habit now. It's your Mm. new normal to do all of these healthy things without thinking about it. You don't consider it to be a win that you've done what you normally do. And that's where I want to get people. It's almost like, because I said earlier, we're living in, let's say in a fast I call it in in an unconscious way. This is just how we do it. We've always done it this way and we're going to continue to do it. But God, we're I'm just, you know, uh, either post baby weight, I was so guilty of it, well, especially the first time out. I'm like, "What do you mean my jeans don't fit?" And then someone said, "You know, it took your body 9 months to produce this human." Why do you give your body a little time to to adjust to it? Not that I did any exercise post. I didn't at the time, but it's funny what our expectations are and, and there, that bar is set so high and yet we're not, I'll say doing the work to match it. So, so you have that type of the disconnect, but I do also love that again, you're almost, you're replacing the the habit into the win. So what are some systems habits uh, into the routine? So the system, and is that mostly looking at, because I think everybody's obviously body is different. Everybody's system is different. So do you look at everybody kind of individually uh, or just, you know, some, some, like my body, I love carbs, but um, yeah, as does my body. So, you know, I'm very select as to how I, how I want to, how, what I choose to eat to lose, if I'm going to make an asserted effort to actually lose weight. So how does it begin? So, well, I teach essentially what is a Mediterranean style diet. So Mm, that is, mm -hmm plant-based. So the reason Mm -hmm. I pick this diet, well, for many reasons, but if you're looking at how to lead a long and healthy life, plant-based is definitely up there. So looking at research, plant-based is really the way forwards in terms of living a long time. And also, I mean, I think you're right in terms of, you know, different people can lose weight in different ways. But Mm -hmm. what I want people, the way I want them to do it is to have a sustainable way of eating so that once they finish losing weight, they don't then think, oh my goodness, now I'm on to something totally different. No, they've just, you just carry on doing it. And actually, when you get to your normal weight, you find that you've got a little bit more freedom because your body is there at that place and you're not trying to lose weight anymore. So mm-hmm. essentially from a nutritional point of view, it's lots of fruit and vegetables, thinking about things like lentils and legumes, thinking about things like protein, but you don't have to have much protein actually. Thinking about fats, so wanting a healthy source of fats. Personally, the Mediterranean style diet and what I eat is extra virgin olive oil. But you know, as you say, for individuals, it can be slightly different. If somebody chooses, oh, do you know what? I don't like extra virgin olive oil. It's not such a big deal. I personally love it and it does have health benefits. But if you say to me, oh, you know, I don't want to do that, then there's the space for making it individual. And of course, the big thing is less packaged foods and less, Mm, yeah, what I call white refined carbohydrates. So when we look at carbohydrates, it can be a little bit confusing because essentially vegetables are carbohydrates. They are. They are. But there's a big difference between Mm -hmm, a packaged mm -hmm. food, Mm -hmm. what I call a white refined carbohydrate, and a delicious, tasty, healthy vegetable. And they're just worlds apart. So, you know, it's more of the good, healthy stuff that it's not like it's not like some big secret, you know. It's not it's not. It's oh my goodness. Yes. You know, I can talk to Alina, you just came out with this. That's great. (laughs) We've never heard this before. Exactly. <laughs> we can talk about nutrition for, and it's really interesting. We can talk about it for hours and hours and hours, but the basis hasn't changed heaps from when I was growing up. It has changed a little bit, but essentially when I was growing up, we were taught that, you know, vegetables were healthy, 
packaged food wasn't healthy. We've known that for a long period of time. Now, Mm -hmm. there are certain things about, for example, fats, you know, our thinking around fats has changed. So people used to say, oh my goodness, you have to have a very low fat diet. And now we're realizing that that is not true. But as I say, the fundamentals of healthy living, I personally don't think have changed heaps and heaps. So let me ask you this, and this is just based on my experience. So in, I started 2020, and this was obviously pre-COVID, uh, and I decided I was going plant-based. So I did a plant-based, and I ate plant-based for just about six months. I think in June, I finally maybe had a, a burger or such. So for me, I was doing it more from, uh, I want to say, an overall health standpoint. I had gotten my, let's say, cholesterol numbers back. One of the bad, well, I, I don't know anything medical. I don't pay attention. To, thankfully, I don't really have to. But whatever the LD, I don't know, what's the bad versus the good cholesterol, it was a little high. And I just said, okay, what do you think causes that? And what can I do? Dairy, you know, eliminate dairy, eliminate, um, you know, if you can limit your, your meat or what, I'm like, you know, okay, I, it's, it's nothing horrific. She's not saying, you know, grab some ants from the ant hole. It's no, I can, I can do that. So my struggle was because I have come in, in 2019, I was doing, uh, I guess, not carb counting macros where I had high carb days, low carb days with a lot of protein into some, whatever this percentage was protein and carbs. So I was struggling to find a protein source. Like I didn't do tofu. Yes. I, I went into more grains and, and lagoons for that. The good news is my cholesterol was normal after that, which I knew it would be not eating the meat because again, I don't grow, I don't have cattle in my yard. And so where is it even coming from? God only knows. I'm a big, I don't even know where, you know, even if they're organic, I, I, my trust level on the food industry is a little low, but I didn't, I was actually, I'll say I gained a little weight because I hadn't been eating grains the previous year type thing. It was almost like I was kind of reverse dieting and I didn't even consider it dieting. I was just looking for foods to eat. When someone starts out on, after that story is done, good God, land a plane. Uh, When someone starts out on plant-based, is it, and I went all in seven days a week, like maybe I should have maybe done like, three meatless days and just eventually like tried out some more recipes. Of course, I did not do that. What do you suggest when someone's like, all right, I'm taking the jump. And I will say, I really felt a difference, by the way. I really, I felt good. And the weight gain didn't bother me. I I knew the overall end game for what I wanted was going to work. And it did. So yeah, that's an amazing story. And so just to clarify to people who are listening, Mm plant-based doesn't mean that you don't ever have to eat meat. So what plant-based means is that you're getting most of your calories from plants. So it's not the same as vegetarian. So vegetarian, you could be vegetarian and never touch a vegetable because you could be just eating bread the whole time, bread and pasta. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it can get a little bit confusing And obviously, if you're vegetarian, you're not eating meat. But eating plant-based means that you're getting a lot of your energy from Mm -hmm. fruits and vegetables and all of those things. And if you want to eat a little bit of animal protein Mm -hmm. or dairy, then Mm -hmm. you can. But it's small amounts. So I think there's two aspects to Mm -hmm. the question. And I think, for me, what I do when I walk people through changing their diet, I do something Mm -hmm. called a two-week reboot. And the reason I do a two-week reboot is that there's so many reasons I do a two-week reboot. But one of the reasons to do a two-week reboot, and essentially what they're doing on a two-week reboot is getting rid of refined carbohydrates. So essentially packaged foods, sugar, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. And with my clients, what I do is we sit up front and we have a session where we really nail, well, what does that look like? Do you want to include dairy? 
Do you not want to include dairy? Do you Mm -hmm. want to include meat? Do you not want to include meat? So what exactly does that look like for you? And how is that going to, how are you going to do this for two weeks? So, you know, thinking about their lifestyle. And so some of the reasons to do that two-week reboot is in two weeks, our taste buds change. And Mm. I think one thing that I see is that people really have this fear of, oh my goodness, I'm going to change something and it's going to be so different and so scary. And so I'm going to be giving up this and I'm going to be giving up that and it's going to be Mm -hmm. horrible. Mm -hmm. Well, you can do anything for two weeks. So one thing that you're doing is showing yourself that you can do it. And actually it's not that bad. But another thing is that in that two weeks, your taste buds change and you stop being, if you cut out processed foods for two weeks, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. suddenly at the end of that two weeks, you're beginning to go, oh my goodness, these vegetables, they actually taste really delicious. They taste full of flavor and deliciousness. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those are some really good reasons to do it. And most people don't do it perfectly. And that's absolutely fine. Right. But then from that two weeks, you can say, well, do you know what? This really worked for me. I really loved doing this. And you can say this didn't work so well. So thinking about habits, as I say, I'm Mm. all about habits. Mm -hmm. The way you change habits, there's two ways essentially of changing habits. One is that you make one new habit and you just make one new habit and you do that for a couple of months and then you make another new habit and you do that. So you gradually, gradually change your habits. The other way of changing your habits is to disrupt your life entirely. So moving house is a really good example of moving <laughs> COVID. Quarantine is another really, the entire mm. world went into disrupt and people mm-hmm. changed their habits. And from changing their habits, habits can either be good habits or bad habits in terms of the effect they have on our body. To our brain, our brain doesn't care what that habit is. It doesn't care whether it's a healthy right. habit or an unhealthy habit. Correct. It's, it's totally random. And then when you disrupt your habits, as in quarantine time, some people got healthy habits, some people got less healthy habits. Mm-hmm. Now, if you disrupt your habits in an intentional way and go, okay, I'm going to disrupt my habits and then I'm going to create healthy habits. It's a really powerful thing to do. So the two-week reboot is actually disrupting because you're doing more than one thing. You're sort of saying, hey, I'm going to be as perfect as I can for two weeks. It doesn't matter if I'm not 100% perfect, but that's the goal. Right. And then from that, you can start to say, okay, these habits are sticking and these ones are sticking. So that's what I walk people through. That's the sort of framework of what I walk people through. But yes, it is about thinking, okay, so what do I want in my life? Do I want to go totally vegetarian? Or Mm. do I think, hey, do you know what? I actually, I don't want to go vegetarian. And I would go as far to say is you don't have to deprive yourself of anything if you don't want to. If your thing is, I love pizza, have pizza, have pizza with vegetables, so one thing I always say, you know, I work with busy mums and a lot of people have pizza on Friday night mm-hmm. and then they get feel a bit guilty because they go, oh, I know we shouldn't have pizza on Friday night. It's all such a disaster. And I say, well, just serve less pizza, but serve vegetables as well. And it may take a bit of time for your family to get used to that. But we have pizza nights, but mm-hmm. I do pizza with carrot sticks and broccoli mm-hmm. and that's My a great idea. Or even just the salad. Like I always get a salad exactly. with the pizza. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And suddenly it's so much more healthy than a night of just pizza. Eating right. so much pizza that, you know, you feel guilty about eating it. Well, have some pizza and have some vegetables and you've still enjoyed the pizza and you still right. feel full, but it's not as unhealthy for you. I just before I forget this question, because you were talking about uh, the good fats Extra virgin olive oil are, I, I think I know this answer, but I want to hear it from olive oil. All the same, different kinds? And- no, an interesting question. Okay, so the oils and the different oils are a really interesting topic, actually. Mm-hmm. And no, they're not all the same. So the extra virgin is the first press. And I have to say, you know, I live in Spain. Spain is the biggest producer of olive oil. It's really easy for me to get olive oil here. And so there are different grades. And when I first moved to Spain, I would have extra virgin as my, you know, my table one to make salad dressings. And mm-hmm. then I would get a lower grade to cook with because it's Why what we cook it on with. That? Right, right. Exactly. But actually, 
on my podcast, spoke to somebody who was involved in this big study called the PREDIMED study, which was looking at the Mediterranean style diet. And he Mm -hmm. said that extra virgin olive oil, you should use it for cooking, you should use it for everything. Now, what a lot of people say is, oh my goodness, there's this thing called the smoke point, you know, above, if it gets Mm -hmm. too high, the temperature gets too high. Right. It it eventually, it ignites because I have set a pot on fire when I forgot the olive oil was in the pot. Yes. Eventually. Well, any oil will do that eventually. So that's not Uh the same, like, it's not about the burn point. The point, yeah, exactly. The point about the smoke point is above that temperature, it will degrade and it's not a very good, but this happens to all oils, not just not just olive oil. Mm-hmm. And actually, if mm-hmm. you look at the levels, there isn't that much difference in it. And the point is, in our home, we aren't really using those high temperatures, not normally, not unless you Correct. forget the pot. And even if you think about <laughs> what you're putting in your oven, so I work in yes. centigrade, and 180 mm-hmm. is like a normal oven, and 220 is a high oven. I hardly ever use a high oven. So, you know, if you're doing normal domestic cooking, not normally pushing your oil temperature up that height, unless, of course, you're forgetting the pan and setting fire to it. But I don't recommend mm-hmm. that. As a- <laughs> so the point about the smoke point is, above that smoke point, the mm-hmm. oil denatures and you don't want to use it. It becomes basically what we call rancid. But that happens to all oils. And mm-hmm. if you actually go and compare the different oils, I've done this on Wikipedia, you can look at the different temperatures and they're all roughly the same. And the point really is, in a domestic situation, you aren't going to be using those high, high temperatures Correct. unless, right. of course, you forget your pan and set it on fire, which isn't what I, I recommend. Mm-hmm. No, cooking. <laughs> not recommended. No, but generally, we're using oils at a lower temperature. And so I actually use extra virgin olive oil for all of my cooking. I don't use heaps of it. In fact, interestingly, how much olive oil is a reasonable amount in the PREDIMED study that they did. And Mm -hmm. they looked at a lot, like 11,000 overweight Spanish people who were at risk of diabetes. And they divided them into three groups. One group had like a standard diet. One Mm -hmm. had Mediterranean style diet, but with nuts and seeds. And the other had Mediterranean style diet with olive oil. And they gave them four tablespoons of olive oil a day, which is actually, I think, a reasonable amount of olive oil. I don't think I normally eat that much. Mm -hmm. But on average, they lost weight. Not everybody lost weight, but most of the people who were in the study lost weight. So it wasn't that they were eating lots of oil and then putting on weight. And, and they did well in their other things as well. So they were looking at diabetes and trying to reverse their diabetes and looking at mm-hmm. other risk factors. And they did well. They reduced, you know, they became more healthy. Wow. So because I, like, I know, again, I'm only speaking for me. I don't understand... I want to say how the good fats, what are good fats and how that all works together. Like I'm just, I, I'm, I'm bad at a thousand things and nutrition or just knowing the food groups, even with my fitness pal, it's, I don't know what anything is. I just kind of put it in and then they break everything down for me. So what are some good fats to have? Well, so fats are, Either oils, which mm-hmm. are essentially liquid at room temperature, it does obviously depend on the temperature of your room, or fat, which tends to be solid at room solid. temperature. Personally, I think the most healthy one is extra virgin olive oil. And I would recommend if you can use, if you can switch and change to extra virgin olive oil, that's what I would recommend people doing. Mm-hmm. There are other healthy fats. Um, so things like avocados are healthy. You, pe- mm-hmm. you know, they've all had a bad rap in the past where people yeah. go, oh my goodness. <laughs> I mustn't eat avocados. And then they come around again, like, wait, they're good for us. Oh, we can eat them again. Okay. Exactly. Nuts and seeds are another thing that people used to say, oh my goodness, you mustn't eat nuts and seeds because they're high in calories. Well, okay. You have to be aware of how much you're eating. I'm not suggesting you eat a giant bag of them, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but eating nuts and seeds on a daily, I eat them daily. You know, those are another source of healthy fats. And I think another thing to think about with fats as well and oils is how much are they processed? So going back to that Mm, question about the extra virgin, the extra virgin bit is the least processed. And then they sort of squeeze and squeeze and squeeze and they might do other things to the oils. So what that really translates into Mm -hmm. is 
don't get the cheap stuff from the supermarket because that's more likely to be processed. You want the so you know you could get something like rapeseed oil, which is a less used oil. It's more likely to be unprocessed. Mm-hmm. So and that's and at the end of the day, you really have to think about that or or what was it before it became this I, again just me and and it, there might be some good things why turkey bacon is good but i'm like what was it before it became turkey ba-? like just little things of how how much of a transformation did that food have to go to, through to become what it is getting presented to us yes well that that brings up another interesting topic which is there is something called hyper-processed foods, and they have mm-hmm. been shown to be bad for us. And mm-hmm. I'm not quite mm-hmm. sure what the difference is. Yeah. Because a lot of foods are processed. Pasta is processed. Bread is processed. You know, mm-hmm. any flour is processed. Right. Like, you know, even almond flour. Almonds don't grow on the trees in flowers. You have to go and if you, I go and collect almonds, and I have to <laughs> crack the nut open, and then I can eat it. And if I wanted to make it into almond flour, I would then have to break it down. And it's mm-hmm. much better for our bodies to do that work, mm-hmm. particularly if you want to lose weight, than it is to get somebody else to do it. The more that somebody else does that processing, the less our body has to do. So essentially, mm-hmm. that means we're eating more energy. And that's where mm. that to fuel the body. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, the bottom line is that in order to lose weight, you need to allow your body to use those internal energy stores. And the more you give your body energy, the less likely that is to happen. So it is basically an energy balance. Um, A simple way of looking at it is it's just about energy balance. So it's interesting you say that. I was waiting and and I haven't heard calories anywhere. And uh, I wonder if it's maybe just different over there than here. Calories are usually obviously numbers that are followed, especially if weight loss is the goal versus overall nutrition. I think that you could lose weight by just reducing your calorie intake, but at the same time, are you starving your body? Okay. So you can And the answer is no, (laughs) essentially. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't use the words calories very much because Mm -hmm. I I don't teach people how to count calories. I don't believe that you need to be counting your macros or counting your calories. I think that if you eat in a healthy way, which is eating fruits and vegetables, eating a plant-based way of life, you don't need to worry about it. It will just naturally follow. The point is, is that vegetables are naturally low in calories. So here's some interesting maths for you. I, I don't know what the equivalent is in the Go States, ahead. but we, we have mm-hmm. a biscuit called like a plain biscuit, a mm-hmm. hobnob, we call them. So just mm-hmm. think of a plain, it's not an exciting biscuit, but it has 70 calories in it. So calories are useful for understanding how the body works. So that has 70 calories in it. And a kilogram of fat, sorry, I work in kilograms, but go ahead. Go ahead. A kilogram of fat is 7,700 calories. So if you did nothing else in your life, you didn't change anything, you just stopped eating this one biscuit a day, it would take you 100 days, like three months to lose a kilogram of fat. Now, if you think about cabbage, for example, think about a beautiful, lovely, tasty cabbage, 100 grams of cabbage is 21 calories. Hmm. So 300 grams isn't even one biscuit. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I could easily eat an entire packet of biscuits. But I love cabbage. I have never eaten an entire cabbage in one sitting. Right. Because you just can't do it. So if you are eating fruit and vegetables, well, particularly Mm. vegetables, you are Mm -hmm. naturally filling yourself up and not eating the high calorie food. And so you are naturally reducing your calorie intake. And you don't need to worry about those numbers. Those numbers I've just used as demonstration, but you don't need to worry about it. Now, do you measure? Like when you're eating your, do I just fill my plate? Do I say, uh, let me just have, because maybe some veggies might be a little higher in cap or is, 
overall oh, and answer, again, and answer your question. The way much. I teach people, the way I mm-hmm. teach people to basically get to a healthy relationship with food is no, you don't have to do that. So there are different phases to go through. And the first phase mm-hmm. is the reboot. So in the reboot, I say to people, do you know what? I don't think you should worry about being hungry. Just eat what you want to eat, but it's on the healthy list. So we're not eating refined, you know. Or biscuits. We're not eating the biscuits in this two Mm -hmm. weeks. We're Mm -hmm. eating just healthy food. Now, the next step after that, or, you know, fruit and vegetables, lentils, Mm -hmm. legumes, the next step after that is to carry on doing that but with some modifications. So, you know, you might say, but I love chocolate. Okay, I'm going to have chocolate on Friday night. It's not like, Mm -hmm. okay, you're going to be eating chocolate every single day. If you want to, you can, but you need to understand that your weight loss is going to be slower if weight loss is your goal. If that's the goal, correct. If that's the goal. So it depends. Mm -hmm. So as you naturally increase the amount of vegetables you eat, you just allow yourself to eat. And you carry on and you will, people do lose weight. So they lose weight, they lose weight, they feel great, they've got lots of energy and they carry on doing that. And I say to people, just carry on doing what you're doing. It's about repeat, repeat, repeat. It doesn't have to be constantly making changes. You found something, it works. Now carry Mm -hmm. on doing that until you reach a plateau and then come back to me and we will have a think. And a lot of people go, oh my goodness, I've reached a plateau, it's a disaster, it's not working. And I say, no, 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 wait. Well, I did a whole podcast on this actually a few a few weeks ago, but there's two scenarios. Number one is that you've changed things. So you've started eating more or you've started exercising less. So you've plateaued because you've two, slipped back. Those are two reasons why there's a plateau. Well, yeah. So either you've changed things, but if you mm-hmm. have not changed things and you have been mm-hmm. consistent in the way that you're eating, mm-hmm. and you've, you've got to be honest with yourself about this, sure. I'm consistently eating in the way and I've got to this stage. What that actually means is it's time to celebrate because it means that your body has lost weight and you are now giving your body what it actually needs to maintain its weight. So when you're larger. Okay, celebrate. Yeah, exactly. So when you're larger, you, you eat less than your body needs. Your body loses weight. It loses weight. It loses weight. And eventually your body catches up and goes, oh, hey, we're now level. I'm giving my body what it needs. And at that stage, you have to celebrate and then create what I call a plateau plan, which is, okay, I now need to go back and do things differently. And I need to have a think, what does that look like in my life? And, you know, I will have a chat with people and, you know, talk about it. But that's essentially what you do, rinse and repeat doing that. Now, the truth is as well, is the closer you get to your ideal weight, the more difficult it is to lose weight. Like the the changes are smaller and smaller and smaller. So if you've got a lot of weight to lose, Mm -hmm. Any changes that you make, if they're reasonable changes, will result in weight loss. And then you have to make some different changes and different changes. But as you get closer to that, okay. Elusive number, if if it's just a number on a scale that people need to see, whereas in the process, you know, everything fits differently. You start to look differently. And do you find that people then kind of lose sight of the number on the scale? Like, does that goal ever change to every, I can buy off the rack. I really feel confident. Well, so that's an interesting question. So one of the things Mm -hmm. that I am super passionate about is Mm. your inner motivation. And so one of the things that I do with people is really talk to them about, okay, so what are your goals? Mm. And, you know, people will say, oh, it's a, a number. Now numbers are kind of good because they're objective. Mm-hmm. But your your inner desire is not about a number. Your inner desire is about wearing certain clothes. So often mm-hmm. people say to me, oh, do you know what? I've got clothes in my cupboard and I haven't worn them in five years and I really just want to wear them. And I just want to feel good in those clothes and have mm-hmm. that ability to move my body and just feel comfortable in my body. And that's really what people are looking Correct. for. Correct. Not a number, because even when you make the number, it's not as though you're walking around with the number plastered on your shirt. You're not like going up to people like, hey, now I weigh 125 pounds. No, you might lead with, oh, I've lost 40, but you're not telling anybody else what that number on the scale says. Exactly. Exactly. And so and I think as well, it's this energy that you need Mm -hmm. to, Mm -hmm. to to really 
grasp. And what happens is we create this goal and we go, okay, my goal is I get to feel amazing. I've got lots of energy. I feel fabulous. I've got a body to be proud of. And our brains go, hey, this is amazing. I can do it. It's like, you know, when you get a recipe book and you're like, oh, I'm going to make this and I'm going to make this and I'm going to make this. And then you put the recipe book in the shelf and your brain then flips into despondency. You know, life happens Mm -hmm. and your brain just goes, oh, I can't do it. It's all such a disaster. Life is happening. I'm just a failure. And I just say, no, 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 you're not a failure. You're a human with a human a human body and a human mind. And all you have to do is remember that vision and you have to tap into that excitement again and remember why you're doing it. And when it gets tough, because it does get tough, life happens. You know, Mm -hmm. that's the reality of life. Progress over perfection. It's we're the hardest on ourselves. So when when you're doing this and you've, you're in the reboot, you're eating. And thank you for saying that about the plant-based because clearly I went a thousand percent in on God only knows what, and I could have been eating other stuff. And I just, um, I'm going to, I'm going to try it again. Like January is right here and it might be my just way to start the year and kind of clean it out, but know that a little more leeway. So I'm sure we'll keep talking after this so I could get a little more education on it. So we're honing in on, on, on the moms, on, on the caregivers we have. And obviously then is the thought process, well, this is the food that is now we're eating and we're introducing more fruits and vegetables and non-processed into into the into the table into where that's what we're shopping for and then how are the children who maybe you know weren't veggie lovers and where are the fries and what are you talking about and it, is there a good potato i'm not sure how does that parlay into introducing and and having our kids embrace what we've just uh, discovered? Yeah, no, well, that's a really good question. And um, again, something I could talk about for hours and hours and hours, (laughs) but essentially healthy living for Mm. adults and children is the same thing. There isn't any difference. And so if you just apply this, okay, we're going to do healthy living, you will naturally lose weight. Now, It is a little bit more complicated in that than that, because, for example, children love pasta. And if you want to see, exactly, Mm -hmm. if you want to lose weight, pasta is not really your friend, but there are ways of combining it so that there are ways of having a family meal, providing food for all of your picky eaters. I have four children and two of them are super picky. We only ever eat one meal and we don't eat pasta that often. We do eat pasta because it is easy, but it's pasta with lots of vegetables. And so, Mm -hmm. and I would also add with leafy greens on the side or leafy greens are your friends. Just always add a leafy green. Um, Okay. But you can just, there are ways of doing it such that if you look at the individual plates, they are Mm -hmm. different, Mm -hmm. but you're eating one meal. And so- I think with children, number one is just demonstrating healthy living. And it's Mm. not just about what you eat. It's how you eat as well and your relationship with food. So, for example, no emotional eating. So what does that relate to? How does that um, translate with parents? It's don't try and modify your children's behavior with food. So no, if you're bad, you can't have dessert. Or, Mm -hmm. hey, let's go and have ice cream because you've been really good. Celebrate, right. Yeah, exactly. And the other important, well, the other, I think two important things are number one is not to push your kids into eating food. And that doesn't necessarily mean they get to eat whatever they want, but there's no Mm -hmm. forcing, there's no pushing. And another really important aspect to children, and I think adults as well, is limits and thinking about having an internal limit. So, you know, kids go to a birthday party, they're offered some cake, they may have one slice of cake, they may even decide to have two slices. But what we want to teach them is to not have six slices of cake. Now, I say teach because sometimes they have to just go and make those mistakes. So I laugh because here in Spain, kids' birthday parties are, they have chocolate sandwiches and cake and candy. And, and <laughs> oh, my God. 
goodness. I know. And the number of times my children have been to parties where there's just been all of this food that they don't normally eat. It's not that it's excluded, but they don't have it very much. Right. And then they will go and just eat and eat and eat. And, and then my gorge. son will come back and have a stomachache. And I'm like, how many times do you have to do this before? <laughs> But that's the learning. You know process. how this is going to end for sure. So you mentioned it and I want, oh, before I, before I uh, finish with some Spain questions, number one, the name of your podcast. Thank you for asking. It's Fit and Fabulous at 40 and Beyond. Fit and Fabulous at 40 and Beyond with Dr. Orlina. All right. We're checking that out. Get some new subscribers, show her some love. And then also... We'll go over, let's do socials now because I do want to just talk about Spain right at the end. So where can we find you? I'm sure it might be Facebook, Insta, your website, any courses, any, someone wants, is interested in the boot camp and wants to learn more, go. So my website is drorlina.com. So that's D-R-O-R-L-E-N-A.com. And yeah, I have a Facebook group and I am on Instagram and I'm going to start Clubhouse as well, but I haven't quite dived in yet. And regarding my the services, well, I have loads of free services, you know, free handouts and things like that. And I often do free group coaching. So I'm going to aim in 2022 to do it once a month. Mm. And I often do a challenge, a five-day challenge, which is also free. We're recording this in December. I haven't set my dates for 2022 yet. So they have um, to check it out. Absolutely. But they're going to listen to it in 2022, which is, like I say, the perfect time absolutely. because, uh, you know, I don't really, it's the new year. It's the new start. Anything can be a habit. They can be made. I am a believer and I like the two weeks. You can, you're absolutely right. You can do anything for two weeks. I'm a really big believer in you can do anything for a season. 90 days, it's three months, and and you can, because knowing that there's a start and a finish, it's a season. Okay, I can, all right, it's almost over. I'm all about, I like a start and a finish, and then regardless of how hard I think it might be, which is usually incorrect, that'll keep me moving toward the end. Okay, so we're going to have all of those links in the show notes, but Spain, it is, oh my God, you're living my life in Spain and I'm not there. What made you go to Spain? Yeah, another good question. Um, So I've always wanted to travel and I always loved traveling. And part of the reason I went into medicine was because I thought, oh, I can go traveling. The irony being that I did the traveling bit and I'm no longer in clinical medicine. I think for me, I just... I love the UK, but it's busy, 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 and it's cold. And Mm -hmm. I just wanted a lifestyle change. And Mm. it's been an amazing journey because that's really what I'm about. I'm about teaching people. I know I'm about healthy living, but really at the bottom of it, it's about doing what lights you up. And so, you know, when I think about exercise, I'm not saying to you, you should go to the gym or you should go for a run. It's like, Mm -hmm. hey, what lights you up. And so, you know, one of my clients at the moment, she's loving playing tennis. And she's like, it just lights me up playing tennis. Now everyone has to find what it is that lights them up. Correct. Correct. But it's about really just leading what I call a life of luxury. I say I have a life of luxury. And I don't mean Mm. I buy Louis Vuitton and Mm -hmm. um what are those expensive bags called that I can't even remember the names. Hermes bags. It's not about about that. It's about, hey, I go swimming in the sea. Well, I live very close to the Mediterranean Sea and it's beautiful. Oh, God. Oh, you're living my life. (laughs) (laughs) I'm there. I'm there. I have to come and visit. But, you know, I go swimming. I go cycling. Mm -hmm. I do all of these things. Mm. And that is, and I know people have work and jobs and commitments. But the bottom line is, you know, we need to enjoy our lives. Yeah. And I think you're you're a very good example of that the two can be combined. You get to do what lights you up in a place that has all of these wonderful offerings that obviously brings joy, uh, pun intended, into your life. 
and still and still make a living. It's still all very doable. And so it might give people a little food for thought. And it's, yeah, a lot can happen. Absolutely. I just, I think if we plan things intentionally and we set our vision to say, Mm -hmm. I want to make this happen. Mm. I want to get to healthy me. I want to do whatever it is. If we set our vision to do that and we work steadily to do that in a way that is easy and fun, we will get there. I love that. Oh, my goodness. I know I've kept you and I thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I learned a lot, but I love the idea of creating new habits. Yes, I'm only going to buy extrovert. It's little if it starts with little things, it's at least then you're on the right path. It's that first step that could lead to the second, the third, and a week later, there might be a new habit ensued or every time you shop or every time you cook with extra virgin olive oil. I love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so, so much for your time and everything that you shared with us today. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, wherever you hear your pods, we are on Apple, we are on Spotify, iHeart, everywhere. Thank you. Thank you. I can't believe we are in 2022 when you hear this, that this is going to be our second year. A website that's going to have a brand new look to it is still joyfoundhere.com. I want to hear what you want to hear more of because I'm all about coaches. We these women are bringing it, and they we've got so much to learn from them. So please check out Dr. Alina on where you're going to find her on her website.com. And then if she's offering some free things just to get a taste, jump in. Until the next time, everybody be well. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.